Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Today, I want to introduce you to Bailey Hurley, a writer and speaker who has made it her mission to help adults make new friends and cultivate the friendships we already have. I asked her some pretty tough questions on the subject, and she wasn't afraid to answer them. In this episode, you're going to learn how Bailey defines friendship, ways to make new friends by saying what you truly want, the challenge of becoming friends with another couple, and the difference between building friendships and being part of a community. Let's jump into my conversation with Bailey Hurley. Well, Bailey, thank you so much for taking time to hang with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me here. It's fun. So you are passionate about friendship. And so I want to know, why is friendship so important to you? Yes. So friendship, I think, has played a very large role in my life. Even from an early stage, I was given the gift of really awesome friends. And even though we have our family, I think that friends can really step in in a way that is different than a family member. Because sometimes I think like moms are always going to have your back, which is a good thing to have in place. But I think it's important to have friends that champion you and encourage you, that they can see your gifts, your talents, and kind of push and challenge you. Um, And so even in high school, I think that I experienced that and had really quality friends. And so when I left um, high school and went on to college and even then later went and got my master's uh, degree in Denver, I think I saw this kind of lack or maybe the struggle of how to have these quality relationships. And I think it just highlighted that much more how important it is to have have good friends behind you. And also I think... Um, being a part of the millennial culture is that there is more drive, I think, to move for jobs, to not stay in one place. And again, if you're not with your family, then you have to kind of build your own family with the friends that you have. And so in this um, transient culture, and especially I see it in Denver all the time, um, I think that having Yes, I think having meaningful relationships and being able to know how to find those, how to maintain those, how to grow those, um, it's going to be a make it or break it for your experience as, I think, a person and your job and just your all-around well-being of life. You want to do it with really great people. And so that's why I think friendship is just so important and valuable for us. Now, I think this is, a, this is a weird question, but as I was preparing <laughs> for the interview... I thought, you know what, we use the word friend a lot, but how would you define a friend? Yes, I would define a friend as someone who loves at all times. So this is not an acquaintance. So maybe someone you've met a few times, but you're not really diving in. You don't count on them to show up for you. You wouldn't really have maybe hard conversations because... They're just surface level. That's not an important um, priority for your relationships. But a friend is someone who sticks around for the ups and downs, someone who you had difficult conversations with, but there's still love at the end of the day and grace. And I think that they're also people who have reciprocated this commitment to to being a part of your life. And that's where, again, I see a difference in friends versus maybe your coworkers, which 
they can also be friends. Or for us in our context, we um, host a small group in our home every Wednesday for like 30 men and women. And that's a lot of people. Um, You can't be friends with all of them, but you're still maybe like doing community with them. Um, But a friend is someone I think who really has reciprocated this this level of depth that says, yes, like I want to know you. I want to see you outside of XYZ. I want to serve and love and... Um, I think even bear some of the hard things that you're going through. And so I think that friendship compared to maybe an acquaintance or even, yes, like a coworker or something is someone who's, who's seeing the, the inside. And yeah, I yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, yeah, totally. I, I have someone in my life who she, she must've said, uh, this is my best friend or this is my best guy friend. This is my best friend. Da, da, da. And they'll say best friend multiple times. And I tease her for it. I'm like, how many best friends do you have? And, <laughs> but she's super outgoing extroverted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I find that people that are more extroverted almost say they have, this is my friend, 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 friend. Where if, mm-hmm. if you ask me, David, how many friends do you have? I would probably say I have like five or six friends. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, but it's also how I define a friend, right? You know, there are lots of people at like my church or people that I work with that I go, no, they're, they're not my friend. Like I know them from mm-hmm. church. I know them. They're a client that I work with for marketing or they, somebody I work with, but like a friend, I could name them, but I think it's just in how I define it. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think the way you're defining it is more how I think of, you know, a friend. And it's weird because people go, well, who is that person to you if they're not a friend? I go, well, they're, <laughs> they're not an acquaintance. They're just somebody that I, and I know, you mm-hmm. know, I care about them, but yeah, it is different. It's definitely different. So it seems like as adults, and I've read studies of this, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than you are. I just turned 46. It was my birthday a, month, a week ago. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Um, I have 54 years left of life to live. So I'm not even halfway done. (laughs) But the farther away you get from school, Mm -hmm. elementary and high school, and even college, the more difficult it is to make friends. Do you believe that's true? And if so, why? Oh, a hundred percent. And there was a study done at the University of Kansas last spring that I felt really put some facts behind what I was feeling or what I was seeing. And they did a study on how many hours would it take to go from meeting someone for the first time to really calling them a best friend. And for them, it was a total of 200 social hours, which that's a lot of time to spend with someone to feel like you are getting close enough to feel like, friends, true friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're missing because again, in elementary school, you were with your classmates for eight hours a day, five days out of the week. I think going from meeting someone for the first time to feeling like your friends, I mean, that could happen in a month Mm -hmm. um, where now we have to compete with so many other factors that kind of, I think building in the social hours with someone it's just going to take a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to stick around to see that through. Or I think it's so easy to feel like maybe someone isn't meeting your expectations for friendship. And so you do kind of cycle through friends looking for this you know, golden unicorn of a friend that just will never happen. And so I do think as adults, um, 
we're just going to have to work really hard to make. And I don't think we had to have 20, but I think to make like three to five really awesome friends, it's going to require us to say, I'm all in. I, I found someone that I have like clicked with, connected with. We have some shared hobbies. Um, and I personally think and have experienced myself even having a face-to-face conversation to say, I really enjoy you. And this makes me laugh a little bit. It does sound like you're like asking them to like, you know, go study with you, but just to say, I've really enjoyed you. And you know what? I like want to be friends. I want to take this to the next level. Can we make time every month that we spend together? Can we put it on the calendar and make sure that this happens? Um, I think even in lonely periods, having vulnerable conversations with someone and saying, you know, I just would really love if we could like move to a text relationship, you know, where you can text the inside jokes or things that are happening outside of maybe your, your context of meeting them to just like to laugh or talk about a favorite TV show, whatever that might look like. And again, I think being really intentional about saying, I obviously need to, to spend this quality time with you to grow in that. And again, I'm like, I, as an adult, I get it. I have, I'm married. I have a spouse to um, develop a relation with the relationship with. I have a kid, I have some work projects. And also I'm trying to get together with people who are working and traveling and pursuing their hobbies. And so, so it's hard. Bailey, you're weird. You're so weird. You're like, tell, <laughs> you're basically asking me to date, like a date another guy that I'm not, you know, interested in. Like, <laughs> I, I'm married to a woman and I, like, I'm supposed to say, Hey, I want to take it to the next level. Yes. How do I do that as a guy without coming off as weird? <laughs> oh man, that is so good. Um, I think that you just, I honestly, even for men, I think you just have to say it and it's going to be so weird. But if you, but again, I think if you think friendship is that important to you, it's worth the conversation and it's worth the clarity. And my husband and I have pursued this with a couple together. So maybe that makes it a little less awkward because the women can be the, the ones to plan and prep. Um, but we do see a couple every single month, um, for dinner. And then as well, we see them as individuals. So, you know, the guys hang out, the girls hang out, um, each month. And that is something I think because there's this level of commitment and we've talked about this together, then it isn't weird to say, honey, like, have you seen so-and-so this month? You know, you need to, you need to text him and get that coffee scheduled because I know you guys need to, you probably miss each other. You need to spend that time together. And I think there's an understanding of when he does reach out that his friend is willing to find the time or squeeze in the time because again there's this understanding that we want we want to grow this relationship this friendship and so you're right I need to make time to see you um so again even for men I know it's I do think that for women it's not as uncomfortable to be like let's become you know best friends and have that kind of language but I think for men too um, I think that's important. And obviously the activities will always look different. My husband usually just meets his friends at breweries, um, after our son has gone to bed. Um, but I think it as an encouragement for, for women listening who do have a spouse or even a boyfriend is to really encourage that. Um, my husband and I, we take off every other Thursday to whoever gets to go out and one person puts our son to bed. So even for us, we thought, you know, our friendships are important. Having these rhythms in place are important. Let's go ahead and say every other Thursday, 
you know, it's your night or it's my night and there's no questions asked. And like, you know, you know, ahead of time, so you can plan ahead of time. And I think even having that built in kind of gives us um, a reason to meet up with people that are important to us. Mm -hmm. That is so, uh, so interesting because I, it seems like, especially for a guy and women as well, we are taught that if we want something, we need to ask for it. And we need to articulate it. So if we wanted something in the workplace, we would ask for it. If we're out at a restaurant or all these other interactions that we have, we know that if we want something, we need to request it. And so why would that be any different in a friendship? Mm -hmm. We're just assuming somebody would read our mind. (laughs) Yes. You know? Yeah. All right. So let's just say um, a a woman is listening today and she Mm -hmm. wants to increase the quality of existing friendships. Mm-hmm. We'll talk in a minute about what it, what it looks like to try to, to meet new friends and some strategies that you would have for us. But if we were to try to um, increase the quality of existing friendships, what would you suggest or say to her? Yes. So I love goal setting. I love planning. And a really tangible way to do this is to get out a piece of paper and write down five to 10 names. And I always say five to 10 because I have some long distance relationships, friendships that I still want to maintain as well. And I want to go a little bit deeper. And so I really kind of sit down and think about it. Who am I currently investing in? What relationships are have really progressed, meaning I've known them for five plus years. Be, spending time with them is easy and it's good. Um, and maybe what are some relationships that might be new that I'm wanting to invest in more? Um, So writing those names down and then on the other side, write down some life giving activities that you already do. Because again, I really want to fight this lie that you're too busy or that um, they're too busy, whatever it might be. So I think a lot of it is really thinking ahead, planning ahead, and then sticking to your plans. And so writing down the activities that you already enjoy, like, do you like to get coffee? Great. Like write that down. Do you like to go on hikes? Awesome. Do you attend a weekly exercise class? Like put it on the list. So write down some things that you're already doing or things you like to do. And then look at your calendar and begin to plot names with those activities. So kind of say, you know what? I already get up early on Tuesdays to go to my favorite coffee shop. You know what? I'm going to text my friend and let's see if we can meet up together to do that together. Um, And I think the final challenge of this kind of setup or kind of creating this list and goals and planning it on your calendar is then to follow through. And you can only be in charge of yourself if your friends, um, you know, don't like cancel last minute pretty often or things like that. You can't control that. But you can control your end of the relationship. And I think it's just saying, okay, I made these happy hour plans last week, but it's Thursday and I just got off work and I'm tired and I just want to go home. So I think with just the convenience of having a phone to text someone, you can get out of things so quickly. Um, and so I think it's saying, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Um, and I think that you really will find the reward and fruit of following through with those plans. And that's again, building in those social hours. I think having that shared quality time and it really does register with people when you 
stick to things. They can count on you. They think you're loyal. They can trust you. And those are things that I think are good building blocks for these quality relationships that we really want. And I think it can just be these small behavioral things that kind of break those down or um, maybe damage those trust trust blocks that are being built. Um, and so again, sticking to your commitments, once you've made them, you're just going to build up your relationships that much more. And I think begin to increase the quality of those relationships. Now, how do how do you, I handle when I'm reaching out to someone and they're not reciprocating, or maybe I reached out to them, they're reciprocating, we've got a good back and forth friendship going on. And then all of a sudden they quit reciprocating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do I, how do I handle that? Yeah, and the disappointment, there's obviously yeah. disappointment there. Mm-hmm. The first one, so just you've been reaching out to someone and they don't reciprocate. I think that it's okay to let it go. And again, I have totally experienced this where I'll ask one time and they're busy and I'll give them like two more times, you know, saying like, I'll, I'll ask again for another thing. And if they say, you know, they're busy, I begin to wonder, hmm, all right. And so when like kind of the third time, is it three, yeah, three strikes you're out, which sounds very harsh, <laughs> but again, our, our time is valuable and you do want to spend it with people who are reciprocating. And so I think, yes, giving it, giving it enough times to allow that person you know, the opportunity to pursue a relationship with you. And then if, yeah, to be able to let that go. Now, the ones when you have a really friendship with someone or it is building and slowly they aren't reciprocating, I always go back to communicating. I think it is going back to giving them a call or when you do finally get together in person and say, Hey, I noticed that you have canceled our plans last like three times. And that has been really hurtful to me. You know, what was there a change in your schedule? Is there a change in our relationship? Have I, you know, unintentionally done something that has upset you? I think it's just being upfront about, about how it has made you feel because then two things come out of that. <laughs> Either you get your clarity and you no longer have to fill in the blanks. I say that silence is our worst enemy in friendships because the more time we waste trying to figure out what our friend is doing. It just like you're filling in blanks, all sorts of negative things. And it just there, it's harder to recover things that maybe were never true about their friendship in the first place. Um, and so I think that you'll get clarity and maybe there's peace and you're thinking, Oh man, I didn't even know that their dad got sick. And this whole time I was thinking that they hated me. Or it does, unfortunately, open up a conversation to say, I have, you know, again, these languages make me laugh because it does sound like dating, but it's like I have moved on or, you know, I have joined a new small group. And I think that that's where I really want to invest. And, you know, I think closing a chapter on that friendship. But again, I think clarity is is a peace giver, whether the result is positive or um, negative. Before we continue the conversation, I want to ask you for a quick favor. Will you subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on your phone? Now, it's also available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search for Inspiration Rising. Click subscribe, 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 subscribe. Why? So you won't miss a single inspiring episode. We search for the most inspiring guests to help you rise up in your life, love, and leadership. And you don't want to miss out. 
So subscribe and then leave a quick review. Click some stars, preferably five, and leave a sentence telling me what you enjoyed the most. All right, let's jump back in to the conversation. It seems like in our current culture, obviously, we've got a term for it, ghosting, which is different than just not reciprocating, you know. Right. And, and so that is one technique, for lack yeah. of a better word, mm-hmm. that people use in order, rather than stopping, um, I'm sorry, rather than being articulate, articulating what the challenge is in a friendship. So mm-hmm. let's say that I don't enjoy being with someone anymore, or maybe they're, they're all they do is talk about their problems, or... Um, you know, it's all about them or, uh, or maybe the activities that we're doing are just different. You know what I mean? Like something, there, there's a myriad of things that could have uh, changed. How do I go about processing that in my own head and heart if I'm not enjoying a friendship anymore? Mm-hmm. I mean, cause I think I feel guilty about it. Like, oh geez, yeah. not really, you know, and then, so then I'm spending time with them and then I'm resentful of them because they're taking my time or it just feels awkward. Or then I feel bad, not, not, not hanging out, like, you know what I mean? How do people, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think it depends on the level of, of friendship. And so I think that there is a natural, and I'm sure everyone has experienced this, a healthy way for the season of a friendship to end without there being a conversation. If you think back to a college roommate that you had that you thought, I really enjoyed them. We were so close in college and we, we left and we kind of kept up and they, we got both got married. But there's like this natural, peaceful, we aren't friends anymore because the, se- the seasons of life, it has just changed. And you never had to have this conflicting um, conversation about it. Um, but I do think that yes, there you will come upon friendships that are more near, um, that you are feeling like, gosh, they are always negative or they are always bringing in, um, like this doesn't feel healthy anymore, or this doesn't feel good anymore. And I think that unfortunately, I want to say, I feel like I have failed in this area. I am not super clear on a direction because typically it does end with, you know, you both just kind of stop talking to each other or you both stop spending time together um, until someone kind of initiates and maybe you come back and things are better and you like have totally moved, moved past that. Um, maybe time is the best way to allow a friendship to heal um, when there has been some kind of just, I don't know, I think bitterness or um, maybe unmet need that the other friend is feeling in the friendship uh, that has been hurtful to them. Um, but again, that I think if, it, if you are brave enough and bold enough, I think again, it kind of does come down to having, having a conversation. And I want to say it's okay to say that there is a season, a change and that the friendship might look different, but it might not be forever. And Again, just for the benefit of your friend, I think that's, again, just a healthier place to be for both of you than ghosting or ignoring or just saying I'm busy every single time. Um, Because I think that that's a nice way maybe of saying you need a break. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's so hard because being upfront and articulating that change feels like I'm going to be hurtful. You know, I'm going to hurt the other individual. Right. if if both people aren't on the same page on a friendship, the other person's going to get hurt no matter what. Whether you keep yes. saying you're busy or if you're just up front and say, I need a break or whatever, it's going to be painful. It's going to be um, painful. Yeah, it's going to be painful. Yeah. 
And I think it's just being able to understand if I could give a tangible example, I think about a friend of mine who came to me, who was in a small group setting with a lot of women who were pregnant and or had babies. And she was, um, dealing with infertility. And so every week after she would leave small group, she would just say, I feel so bitter. I feel like, I feel angry being there and it's nobody's fault, but this is very hard for me to maintain these relationships right now. Like I personally cannot seem to get over this hump. And so eventually she did meet with, you know, this is a more formal setting. So she met with two women who are leading the group and said, I need to step back. Like I'm going to be away from this group. And I don't really want to develop these friendships or relationships right now, because this is just for me, again, this is the first season of life. Like I need to heal. I need to work on some other things. I need some time. And it, again, it wasn't this like, we're done. I never want to see you again. Maybe did she she did go back, but a part of me thinks if she never went back, I think that there was clarity amongst the group of why she left. Mm -hmm. But if she did come back, I think there's this understanding and hopefully again, your friendships are that just that much deeper to understand someone, to see maybe what's hard for them to know how to, to love them in, in a new way. And so I think, yeah, using the language of just saying like, this is a season that like I cannot be in this relationship and it's not never, um, but even kind of giving it a timeline, Hey, can, in two months, would you do me the favor and send me a text? And I would love to, you know, kind of like follow up on where I am now, um, versus like where I was back, back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need more friends, right? I, I have very few friends. Mm -hmm. and how do I go about that as an adult? What does it look like to find new friends? Mm -hmm. I think look right where you are. Look at your gym. Look at the people in the class at your gym. Look at your coworkers. Look at your neighbors. Um, I am very shocked by some of the friendships that I have made just on the elliptical um, or pushing the stroller around in my neighborhood. But the real game changer from sharing names, like introducing ourselves maybe one time, um, was to exchange phone numbers and then to follow up. And so that was, I think the biggest game changer for those. And sometimes it can, you can have a few acquaintance like meetups. So for example, at the gym, this gal and I just went to the same class. So every week we would say, hello, how are you? I didn't know you worked there. Um, those kind of conversations to, if I saw her walk in, I would say, Hey, come join me on the bikes. Like, let's chat. Like, I want to get to know you a little bit better. And then eventually to exchanging numbers and saying, we both like exercise. So we would meet to go on walks. Um, and that was very, a very natural thing. And, uh, I think that, yes, that kind of process of just looking around and not being afraid for things not to work out. So meaning I've had coffee with a lot of women and it has never gone any further than that one time. And that's okay. And not feeling uncomfortable about that. And so, but for the ones that do to, to follow up and to keep asking them to do things with you and keep getting to know them. And again, I think still not being afraid that if a six month friendship still is, doesn't seem to connect or click to say that I'm glad that I pursued that, but it, there's other women that I think are a better, a better fit. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the challenges that my wife and I have had with friendships is that I will connect with one of the, like if I mean couples friends um, mm -hmm. that I'll connect with one of them and then she doesn't. 
you know, the other individual um, or vice versa. And I may mm-hmm. connect with the, if it's a um, husband and wife, I might connect more with the wife just because mm-hmm. of the um, personalities or interests or whatever, or, you know, vice versa. And, and, and that is a big, have you and your husband ever ha- had that challenge where you're trying to connect with another couple and he comes home and he's just like, oh my God, that was so boring. I don't ever want to do that again or vice versa. Oh my, yes, we definitely have. And it was difficult because it was a previous friendship that my husband had. And so when we got married. He was like, this is awesome. Like we're all going to be best friends now. And I did not click with either of them. And so, Oh, it was real rough. And I think they hated me too. So, you know what? It was mutual. It was less, instead of reciprocating love, we were reciprocating hate. So it was very, very difficult. And I gave it my best effort. What did you do? Like, tell me about this because people need to to hear about this because this is real life challenges here. Were were they like, oh, Bailey is just way too nice. She seems like way too nice for us. Well, I think it was difficult because in, when we were all together, it was okay. Um, sometimes, I mean, if I could just be really honest and I don't think they would be listening to this, the husband just really struggled. Cause you know, again, like best buds, the girl comes in like, Oh no, she's the new best friend. And I don't like this very much. So he wouldn't make eye contact with me and he wouldn't like speak directly to me when we were together as a group of four. Um, so that's a little uncomfortable. And so I think a lot of the, besides maybe these like passive aggressive, um, um, actions, you know, my husband and him were having lots of conversations. I think about just why do you guys do things these way? It's different than the way we did things. Um, so I think that was very hard. I knew that I felt like I had enemies um, mm. when I was spending time with them. And so lots of tears were shed and a lot of conversations with my husband. Your, cu- your husband was crying that much? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I bet he was. It's his and, best friend and you hate him. No. I know. And I think that finally, and you, we even had to bring in a third party. Oh my um, gosh. I know. These are serious friendship makers. I know. We had to bring in the third party to help us kind of evaluate and apologize and mm. reconcile. But with that reconciliation, it was said like, we will not be friends as a family. Mm-hmm. You, it, I'm always like, if we see them, like we are friendly and I, my husband and him still spend time together, a lot of time together, um, and all the above, but there's no longer this pressure. So I think that was kind of, and maybe as couple friends or why it can become difficult if it isn't, there isn't a match on both ends is I felt like that my husband just like wanted it so badly. Mm. And he like wanted me to just, he wanted it to work and he would even be like, you're free and she's free. So like you guys, like while we were both standing there, you guys should go do that. And we're like, Oh, we don't want to. Um, and I think finally for him to, again, to let go and think of oh, this dream that I had that we were going to be close family friends. And then it, you know, it get relieved me from that pressure and we could move on where I felt like that is a great relationship. I'm so thankful for that influence in your life that you have. You can pursue that, but please stop making me um, mm-hmm. pursue this, that it, it clearly is not working out. Um, and so I'm like, yes, no, that has definitely happened. And I think nowadays, like now when we meet couples, for the most part, we do both typically enjoy both couples. So it's really, we've only run into this issue maybe one time. And it was like a very big, <laughs> big yeah, issue. Yeah. And that, that's intense because he had a really close relationship. He had a lot yes. of expectations. Oh, yes. So yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think that's a common challenge for couples. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, it is. And to be open as a couple to go, I just don't, I just don't enjoy. I mean, and you know what? There are people um, that I know my wife connects with um, mm-hmm. on a regular basis, um, another woman, and we don't necessarily connect as a couple and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, my, my wife's good with that and vice versa. I have other guys that I connect with that we don't necessarily connect with as couples. So you have talked about, you've used the word community and small group a couple of times in ways mm-hmm. that I'm not sure people uh, quite understand. What is the difference or is there a difference between making a friend and being part of a community of people? Yes, they are different. They can overlap, but very different. So a community would be like any type of group that you're in, whether it is, you know, your work community, whether it's a small group community through your church, whether it's even just maybe like your trivia group that you go and do trivia with, where I think there's a larger number of people and you are still participating actively as a community member, meaning you respect everyone, you find an appreciation for everyone, you might not get along with everyone or see eye to eye on things, but you're kind of saying, but this, like, we have a shared enough bond that we're kind of like in this together, um, where a friend can be in your community, but that's someone who you are again, I think having more regular and consistent and deep, um, conversations or shared time with, um, these are people who you have probably spent maybe a couple of years getting to know them or working on that relationship. Uh, whereas like a community, I think of our personal small group, we've been meeting for over two and a half years. And so some of those folks we've known for two and a half years and some we've known for two months and like, do we love and value the community? Yes. But we probably just have a few friends that we share everything with or that we, again, I kind of say like we let them on like into the insides of what's going on. Um, I think into even the dark sides, um, where as community, maybe you keep things a little more surface level, um, or you, yeah, you are, you hold some things back, you know, you have to build that trust in that relationship. And again, I think it's okay to, to not have everyone be your, be your best friend in your community. Mm -hmm. It seems like we need both. You know, the friendship is the, like you said, they're seeing not only the great sides of us, but some challenging, we have Mm -hmm. a reciprocal relationship and a community feels more like it could be, excuse me, um, something at a faith-based community, Mm -hmm. a faith-based organization. It could be where you volunteer. It could be in your work. Some workplaces you're in and out. Other workplaces, no, there's connection. There's you know, community. It could be, I know people in our area have running clubs. Yes. Uh, maybe it's bowling, you know, some sort of activity. Mm-hmm. And that feels good to be a part of a community where you're known. People mm-hmm. know you, people care about you. They know if you're missing, but it's not just a <laughs> one-on-one time, you know? Yeah. And I think that communities are where friendships happen. Um, you know, if you are saying, where do I find a friend or where, you know, yeah, where's my next friend going to be? I mean, they typically come from your community. Like there's already a, like a level of connection there to build off of rather than just finding a stranger in the grocery line and randomly saying, Hey, let's be friends. Like there's no, there's no connection there or there's no like previous context for that to go further where your community, absolutely it can. We had my wife and I, this was a couple months ago. We're at our local grocery store. We were getting a salad to go. And this younger gal came up to us and just started talking to us. 
And all of a sudden she, you know, we're talking about where she lives. I don't even know how the conversation started. All of a sudden we're in this conversation (laughs) with this 20 something gal. And I looked at my wife, I'm thinking, is this an MLM pitch? Is she getting ready to try to pitch us something? (laughs) Or is she trying to like get us to go to her church or what's going on? I swear we could have had dinner with her that night at her house if we wanted to. We walked away, we were laughing because we're like, I think she just really needed friends bad. And so, although that was a bit awkward, I, I admired her level of intentionality and mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to connect with people in my community mm-hmm. and, you know, find a way. So one of the, the um, opportunities that you are giving our uh, listeners is something that you call friendship journal prompts. And I, I downloaded this last night myself. It is um, a faith-based type of tool, but even if your faith is not part of your life, I think it's Mm -hmm. a great stimulus to be thinking about friendships. Tell us about what these are and where they can get them. Yes. So this is an eight page free download and it specifically walks you through how to define friendship for your season. Because I think one thing that we struggle with as adults making friends is that the habits that we have used in our friendships in high school, were not the same that worked in college. We're not the same that worked when we first became, you know, first got our first paying job, like things change. And I think even for myself, when you step into marriage for the first time, again, your relationships change, the way you spend your time changes. If you just got a new job or you just moved to a new city, like you need to define what does friendship look like for me right now? Um, and so this, these journal prompts kind of walk you through, you know, what has worked for me in the past, where do I find, um, quality in my relationships? And then maybe, current day, well, then what am I kind of lacking or what have I forgotten about or I don't practice anymore that could really be helpful if I just took some time to to maybe shift up, shift the way I've been doing friendship. And so you can find these at baileytherley.com on my main website. You'll, when you pull up the homepage, they're like right there at t- up top to download. And I think, I know for me personally, this is something I do um, twice a year. And even then, you know, I think having almost a good foundation for what friendship looks like for me, I still need to kind of come back and say, "Uh Oh, like where have I gotten sidetracked or lazy or, um, even just kind of, um, I think involved in what I'm doing to say, where have I kind of missed my friends or I've, you know, forgotten to reach out to them on a regular basis. So I think it is a really good practice to come back to over and over again uh, to continue to grow as a friend. That's great. So we'll point people to baileytherley.com. Mm-hmm. And there's two E's in there. And I'll spell it for you. <laughs> on our on our show notes, you'll you'll uh, you'll be able to link to those, which is launch yourself today. And we'll we'll obviously link to them. Bailey, we've spent 45 minutes together. You are not my friend. <laughs> not my friend. We have 199 hours left to go in order mm-hmm. for you to be my friend. That's uh, right. But I like you. I, uh, your smile is amazing. You're very, uh, warm and welcoming. And I can see why people would love to be your friend. Mm. Um, I don't know what those other people were thinking. They're, <laughs> they're missing out on a great friend in Bailey. So, uh, yeah, I love what you're doing. Such a unique passion that you're helping other people cultivate. And I think that it's something that we don't often want to articulate or think about. And I just mm. admire what you're doing. I think that's impacting a lot of people's lives. So thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, well, thank you so much, David. If you've been inspired or learned something from this episode, do yourself a favor and tell a friend. By sharing a learning with someone else, 
you'll actually be solidifying it in your own mind and heart and more likely to implement it in your own life. Tell them about our conversation and let them know that they can listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on their phone. Check out our website at www.insporising.com. That's I-N-S-P-O rising.com and on all social media platforms as Inspo Rising. Now, as you go out about your day, may you be inspired to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'll talk to you next time.